Like, uh, how do you have a job where you can just, oh, I'm going to do a podcast and then just be gone? <laughs> Welcome to You Are The Host, the podcast where you are the host, and by you, I mean Jesse. Well, hello. Hey. I'm the host? Wow. Okay. Yes, great high honors of being the host of this podcast. Yes. (laughs) Um, The the issue I've got, Taylor and Emily, is usually when I'm hosting the podcast, I do nothing but ask questions. So Mm. I, I don't, this may end up being the most awkward podcast ever because I am used to asking people questions and having a conversation and you guys are wanting me to host. So we just may end up, I don't know. What do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. That's the fun thing about this podcast is like every episode is different and we like to get a variety of people on as well. So like whatever however the conversation goes or whoever wants to ask whoever questions like everything's cool yeah that sounds great i i love that and um i i i think we talked uh taylor is we're returning the favor right taylor was talking to me and we were visiting about this but why did you guys decide on this format what about it you know and this may be repeat ground for your listeners but we may get a few people that are listening because of me, I hope. <laughs> yeah, Emily, you want to take that one? Because I've already answered that on his show and on our show. Um, I I don't know. I think I think we went with this just to like kind of open up to like everybody possible that's interested on be- in being on a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. You I know, wanted to test I my it. I wanted to test my communication skills. Is yeah, that right? I, I That's legitimately part of it. Oh, see, I guess I kind of like... <laughs> um, our, our listeners already know. Taylor and I are in a relationship. We're engaged. We have a child. Whatever. We're married. I said so, married to him. We're married. Pretty much. <laughs> we're married. So um, I think in a lot of marriages or relationships in general, um, someone is the puller and someone's the pusher. Yeah. And I think I'm the... Uh, Taylor's the, the puller. He's going to pull me in to whatever he wants to do and i just kind of go along with it and sometimes i'm like i don't know about this and then other times like with this podcast i'm like oh this is way more fun than i thought it was (laughs) or like i thought it was gonna be you guys get to hear a baby today sorry about that (laughs) no problem uh yeah what my wife and i have been we started dating in 1980 we got married in 84 um and she jokes and it's it's there's a little bit of truth to it and there's a little bit of just tongue in cheek that you know she, there's givers and takers mm-hmm. in any relationship and the idea is you you if you're always the taker that's unhealthy if you're always mm-hmm. the giver it's unhealthy mm-hmm. but my wife always makes the joke that uh, I'm the giver she's the taker and she goes and I should compliment she goes I should be uh, people should be proud that I found a giver to work a relationship with right <laughs> so um I, you know we we joke about that marriage is never 50 50 it's 90 10 swinging back and forth oh and absolutely depends, you know sometimes and and the idea is a successful one figures out a way to do that um swing that podium or that pendulum 
whenever you need it to do and make sure that the other person doesn't feel unappreciative. Mm-hmm. So marriage talks with Jesse Jackson. Yeah. Call her, are you there? Yeah. You know, uh, stuff like what you just said is so important. But And uh, Emily, she just sent me a – I'm not going to talk about what it was. But she just sent me like a video that was like about like relationship and, and stuff like that and, and – yeah. And like how you can do it better, kind of like it's it, that's not literally yeah. what it was about, but it was like a little bit of a piece of advice. Anyways, yeah. I know that, that stuff's important, and I do listen to it, but I also at the same time I cringe to it and go, I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> Anybody else well, have that reaction or no? Um, yes. I kind of do, even like, yeah. I, I think uh, Taylor, you probably realize like I'm a lot more in touch with my emotions, and like I'm a much more empathetic person. So when I hear this stuff, like he's talking about, like the like relationship advice or whatever like I cringe a little bit but I also like I take it with a grain of salt like okay part of this could apply to my direct situation but the rest of it's like like a little bit cringy a little bit garbage Mm -hmm. I don't know (laughs) So, so one of the things that was interesting at least to me and um is I was we had had a we'd had our son, and he's like two, three, and the our pediatrician says, "Hey, um, you have a very strong-willed child, and if you don't get control of that, um, you know he's going to be 16, driving a Corvette, waving at you, hey, Dad." And I said, "Well, first off, I'm never going to be able to afford a Corvette." <laughs> So he goes, okay, so it'll be a Chevy Impala. And so she, he, hey, nothing wrong with that. (laughs) Yeah, she recommended that I get um, the strong willed child. And I read it. And uh, what was, I ended up not realizing is I use that in my business life almost as much as I did my parent. Mm. The basic, one of the basic premises, um, you can't hold your child accountable unless you've told them in advance what you expect from them and what are the consequences if they don't do it. And I went, well, doesn't it work with teammates and employees as well? And so um, I do that back and forth. Not that I treat my team like children, but the idea. Um, I, I, I right there with you about, oh, yeah, I know, never go to bed mad and da-da-da-da-da. You know, <laughs> how do you do separate checkbooks or do you together the only solid rule we have is you can't say i told you so Hmm. um let's say you're gonna buy a new car and if one of you goes "Eh, i just don't really know if we can swing that car note the time to say it is before you buy the car not three months into it and you you're deep in you know like holy shit how am i going to make this car note i knew we shouldn't have bought the car no 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 Mm -hmm. the time to have said that is before we made the decision anyone can go back after the fact when you have all the information and then second guess us um and we i do that you know, at work, and I do that with our relationship, and it's worked really well because, you know, it's kind of like speak now, forever hold your peace. Well, I'm not saying you have to forever hold your peace, but now is the time. If you think this is a bad idea, if you think this is a good idea, if you think I'm doing something dumb, 
um, you need to speak now. So if whenever Cummins asks me, like, okay, we've been married since 84. What What's your biggest piece of marriage advice? I'd say that. The idea that because uh, it's really easy to go, well, I, I knew we shouldn't have done this. Or I knew, you know, getting that third tattoo instead of paying the electric bill was a bad <laughs> idea. And so, nope, nope, now was the time to talk about it. So yeah. on that note, I would like to say, uh, Emily, I just don't think we can swing the hospital bills. We, we got to send Sapphire back. <laughs> well, I, uh, our son, at one point, you know, we owed the hospital where he was born. Then he had two or three sets of ear tubes. Oh, you know? yeah, I had those too. Yeah. That was a good. Yeah. And so I was like, my goal is to owe every hospital in the dfw area money because you know we were like because you know insurance doesn't pay a hundred percent so you're like going okay i can give you 50 bucks a week a month or something so it's like i did not know that was one of my goals but yes i had planned to now i own like three different hospitals money and uh, i got very cynical like no this this ear thing doesn't work this is the third set of tubes all it seems to do is make me have to pay the hospital <laughs> uh, you know he still got, yeah. and, and it's, my son is now 32 and he jokes like anytime he goes to the doctor he says hey guess what i've got an ear infection <laughs> Because <laughs> it seemed like he mm -hmm. always had an effing ear infection. Yeah. Me too. Yep. yep. I had tubes as a kid, and I still have ear infection every like other week, pretty much. So. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um. What was I gonna say there? Oh yeah, my dad. He has a joke about the doctors, and it's like. Okay. They have a chart in the back, so when you go to see a doctor, you're like, "Oh, something's wrong with me." And you go see the doctor, then they have a chart, so then they look at you, and then they go back into the back room, and they'll get the chart, and it has a bunch of items listed that they could buy, and then what disease they need to. Oh. <laughs> yeah, and that's I his would, excuse for not going <laughs> yeah i am a man of size and uh i've been overweight my whole life and uh i i got to where i just i ended up giving up a family doctor because if i went in with a sore throat you know you need to lose weight okay yes i know i need to lose weight but right now i have strep throat can we focus on that you know it's i feel like i'm swallowing glass you know <laughs> Right, like the issue at hand is this. Don't tell yes. me about the other thing. Yes, exactly. Very much so. <laughs> uh, so I would like to pivot this into talking a little bit about your podcast so you can get some. Okay. I doubt it'll be promotion. Maybe it'll be promotion for you. I don't know if anybody from our show will go listen to your show or what. But um, I was on your show, so I, I'm, I, I think it's good if you talk about it, even though... The, if the people from my show know who I am, it doesn't actually make any sense that I was on your show, but I still had a good time anyways. Yeah, so what I, I actually do two or three podcasts, and but the one we're specifically talking about is um, Set Lusting Bruce. Hey, there's my little sticker that if you are a Patreon member, you get a free sticker. Um, I've been doing this since 2015. Um, I am hitting close to – I will hit 1,000 episodes in 2023. Um, and what I do is it started out as having fans of Bruce Springsteen join me on the podcast and share what his music means to them. And it has grown over the past six, seven years 
to I'm still predominantly Bruce Springsteen fans, but I've expanded to people who love music of any type. Uh, I call those B-side episodes, kind of back in the day when we used to have uh, 45s and an A-side and a B-side. Mm-hmm. And I have other podcasters, writers, musicians, artists. If you have an interesting story, I just interviewed a chef this last this, this week. Um, I want you on the podcast just to share your stories. So um, they're usually about 45 minutes to an hour. Um, I usually, I always start with what kind of music you listen to as if in your family growing up, we kind of go into um, what your favorite bands are, what your favorite musicians are, any funny stories about that. And then the only Bruce-centric item on every episode is I ask what I call the Mary question, and that is, does Mary get in the car at the end of Thunder Road? So, um, been doing that. It's available everywhere it goes. I'm always looking for guests. Uh, and so, if you are passionate about Bob Dylan, Led Zeppelin, Britney Spears, you know, Taylor Swift, Merle Haggard, you name them. Uh, you know, I've had heavy metal fans. I've had country fans. I, I've had a little hip-hop, not too much hip-hop. I would like some more. And they just come on and they talk about what music means to them. Well, I love hip-hop, too, so I can come back on as a different personality. (laughs) Yeah. Was I, you got to be honest, was I your first death metal fan that came on the show? No, it wasn't. Hmm. What was really interesting is, and once again, that's one of my catchphrases, and I catch myself, but... um, the local WFAA, which is the ABC affiliate, one of the weather guys, Jesse Hawila, loved death metal. Hmm. And he talked about that in an interview that he had two passions, you know, storm chasing meteorology and heavy metal. And so I reached out to him and I said, would you want to just talk music with me? And he said, yes. So he he joined me and he just talked about how much he had loved uh, just heavy metal and how much it meant to him and how much he just uh, it it just was a major part of his life. You know, and here's this guy that you see, you know, weekdays in his suit talking about, you know, the storm front coming in through. We've got a cold front coming and he just he loves it so yeah we've had a couple times hmm. yeah um what is what's the most awkward guest you've ever had or not guest you don't have to name them but like what's the most awkward experience you had on your show so i've had people um that end up being bad storytellers and um in fact i made I, I had fun with that last April. Um, I've done two years in a row. I've done April Fool's episodes. Two years ago, I had the obnoxious Springsteen fan, you know, and I had a guy that like you know that just went over the top. And this last one, I got a Chicago comedian who did everything one word answers. Oh. Who's your favorite band? Beatles. Oh, why? Well, they're just good. Okay, you know, <laughs> and, uh, you know, so what kind of music did your family listen to? Uh, a lot. 
Oh, really? <laughs> so you listen to pop music? Yes. It, it, so, uh, it, she was just good enough. She would give a little bit of things, but uh, it was it really ended up fun. And so we lasted about 20, 25 minutes, and then we broke character. And then she talked about that, you know, she does improv, and they do their own podcast, and it was a lot of fun. Um, I'm debating on, I'm already trying to work on what I want to do uh, next year for April Fool, some kind of uh, fun fake guest. I, I think I have a couple of ideas. the The worst guests are the ones who don't have a lot of stories, and and they don't have to be great stories. But sometimes it's just, um, do you have a do you have some favorite albums? Oh yeah, I just love Darkness on the Edge of Town. Oh great, what about it speaks to you? It just it just really speaks to me. It's a good album and that, you know, it was in a bad part of my life and, Oh, well, what about, well, I just really don't want to talk about it or something. And, um, it, you want someone to, and they don't have to bear their soul, but they want to tell about stories. Those are the worst kind. Um, usually that aren't fans. It's, um, I've had a couple people that have reached out, we're in mutual Facebook groups where we you try to find guests and you know, hey, you want to be on my podcast, you're looking for a guest, I'll be on your podcast. And then when they get there, they just aren't that animated and they aren't that verbose. And it's like, did did you want to be on this podcast? Right? Mm. Like what 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 do you want to do then? Well, in in, their, in in those groups, a lot of those people have their own podcasts, and you have to wonder what's going on on their show. <laughs> yeah, I did have someone recently that had said, "I really want to be in a lot of podcasts. I wanted to get in some podcasts." So I reached out and I said, "Hey, you know, I'd love to have you join me." And then it was, well, how many viewers, listeners do you have? They started, you know kind of vetting me like if I was worth their time and I was like look if this is a bad fit it's a bad fit you, you're the one that said you wanted to be on podcast to promote your blank I have a podcast I'm offering it mm-hmm. um, I get anywhere I mean you know a good episode um, you know a good month I'll get five to seven thousand downloads right I'm, I'm that's certainly not rogan numbers but they're decent Mm -hmm. and um but the idea is i don't care if i get 10 downloads if i have a good conversation like if i had fun during that 30 minutes or hour we're recording then it was fun for me and i hope that fun the listeners feel that and get that so that's the biggest issue i did i do um a very rookie mistake I had very early in the podcast. I had someone on, and it was okay. I mean, it they didn't have a lot of stories, but it was it was a perfectly adequate uh, podcast episode, and it was you know we were good. And so I, you know, quit recording and I stopped. Uh, you know, and I go, hey, thanks for being on here. I hope you had a good time. Oh, I had a great time. I had a great time. He said, next time I should tell you about when I got drunk with the Eastry Band. Okay, wait. <laughs> you you knew this was a Bruce Springsteen fit, podcast, right? It it. How do you not lead with that story? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, if 
if I'm on your podcast and I go, oh, by the way, Taylor, I forgot to tell you, you know, I ain't got, I was stuck in a van once with Metallica. <laughs> you know, you're like, yeah. okay, that might be a story I want to hear. Yeah. <laughs> you know? This cat. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't. I've had a few. I challenged myself, like I said, in the, like when you asked what this podcast I yeah. was for, and I said to test my communication. It was only a little bit of a joke because I've deliberately invited people on that I know aren't great. Like maybe they're socially awkward, maybe they don't have a lot of stories, or I know they're a quieter person, and I've deliberately had them on so I can test how well I can communicate to keep the conversation flowing. Sometimes it works out. I don't know. You listen to every episode. Does it sound good? Yeah, I've. I, so I've not been on every episode, uh, preoccupied with some things currently. Uh, sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, I have listened to every episode. And I think Taylor does a really good job at, like, filler. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, even if it's not interesting. Like you were saying, like, it doesn't have to be the most interesting story or, like, the most interesting right. content. Taylor's really good now, especially, like, at just keeping things flowing. Dead noises and, and I just death. like listening to him talk, so yeah. it, there you go. <laughs> so it's fun for me. I I like to. What gets me very happy is someone will say they're nervous and they aren't sure, mm-hmm. and at the end they go, "That was so much fun. I forgot I was being recorded. Ah, I just yep. felt like we were having a conversation." And what I want people to feel is if they when they're listening to the podcast that they are in line to see a Bruce show and they're overhearing a conversation with people in front of them you know that's mm. what i want them to do i want them to do to say that and feel um i just posted today that um bruce has a new album out he, he came out november 11th if you're watching a video, it's only The Strong Survive. It's a covers album. It is nothing but him covering soul songs. And it says Volume 1. Covers Volume 1. With the, you know, the implication is he's going to do other songs of covers. And in the press, he said that he wasn't currently writing. Didn't feel like his muse was having him right for the E Street Band, but he loves recording. So he got together and they did a whole selection of soul songs. And I went to a couple of Facebook pages I'm on and my Facebook page and said, okay, let's say there is going to be a volume two and volume three. What songs would you want Bruce to cover? And for fun, let's leave off songs that he normally covers um, because there are some things he does pretty often. Like Jersey Girl is a Tom Waits song. He he has recorded that live. Uh, he's done a couple other things that um, are covers. So what would we pick? And somebody asked, well, is are you trying to influence what Bruce is going to record? And I'm like, look, I don't think Bruce Springsteen knows this podcast exists. So no, this is just me getting content. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I just, you know, this will make it easy for me because all I've got to do is I can list my 10 requests and then I can pull up the word document and go, and John Smith thinks he should do a Chris Christopherson song (laughs) and, you know, list that. And 
hopefully people will think that was interesting and give them to thinking of, you know, well, what song should he do? Yep. You know, it's really funny and unrelated to what you were saying, but everything you're saying sounds like a foreign language. It literally sounds like you're speaking a different language because I don't listen to Bruce Springsteen or any music in that in right. that stratosphere at all. So in that uh, springosphere. <laughs> so I, I, <laughs> what you can do, and I did a series of these episodes two or three years ago, is I built a 10-song newbie Springsteen song list, and I put it on Spotify. I gave a live version and a studio version, and I would give that to you, Taylor, and then you would take a couple weeks, whatever, live with those 10 songs, and then come back and then tell me I hate them, I'm meh, or I really like this one. And it was a fun conversation because someone who doesn't have a knowledge of Springsteen to listen to. And, you know, I don't pick Thunder Road. I don't pick Born to Run. I don't pick Born in the USA. Um, I pick 10 songs. Okay. I guess I do know more about them than I thought. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are certain songs that are just, I mean, if you go to almost any fireworks display, you're going to hear Born in the USA. Uh, if you were born in the USA, going... you'll probably hear it. <laughs> yeah, that's, if, you're going... if you go to the hospital and you are a former president that has COVID, um, you know, you're going to hear people playing Born in the USA and we will say, I don't think they understand what this song is about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I got to be honest, though, if I did listen to all those. What I would come back to you and most likely say is that I would turn most of these into metal songs. Yeah. (laughs) Is what I'd probably say. Yeah, that's classic Taylor response. Well, you probably could do Mm -hmm. a deep dive. I had uh, a buddy of mine send me 10 um, indie artist covers of Springsteen songs, Mm. and we did an episode where we talked that. Okay. Uh, Yeah. Well, what if – okay, here – I'll make a deal with you right now on the podcast. Yeah. You send me that list, and I okay. will 100% listen to it. But I yeah. have to send you a playlist of, what did you say, 10? 10? 10 songs? Yeah. 10 songs that I like, and then you tell me about them. <laughs> we have done that with Gang of Youth. I've done that with Gang of Youth. I've done that with Bee Gees. Uh, mm-hmm. Because I had a guy on the podcast who is a big Bee Gees fan, and we talked that... Um, one of the things that is similar when someone says, well, I don't really like Bruce Springsteen, my first question is, well, have you listened to anything besides Born in the USA CD album? Right, besides the and, hits. Go ahead. Like, other than the she hits. She was just adding. Right. Yeah. And then, same thing, right? Like, the guy who does the BG podcast said, yes, I want to ask, have you listened to anything besides Saturday Night Fever? When you say you don't like the Bee Gees, have you listened to anything besides Saturday Night Fever? So he sent me 10 songs that I, he said most people, except diehard Bee Gees fans, would not know. And we exchanged it. So I absolutely would love that because, one, I think it'd be interesting. Two, that gets us two episodes, <laughs> right? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> that You're gets not wrong. you talking Bruce and then me talking these songs. That's 
two episodes that we can knock out. Uh, we do a release on both feeds, and that is golden. I'm not sure. I'm actually, I'm actually, I think I'm game to do that because I am very curious what somebody who uh, doesn't listen to anything that I listen to would say about the music I listen to in a in a genuine scope, not just listening to it right away and be like, "This is I can't understand any of it" or whatever. Well, and th- that <laughs> that's what I share with the people when they're doing that. I go, "Look, you don't have to like it." I just I need more than yeah I didn't like it okay mm-hmm, that's exactly. gonna be a very short episode <laughs> so mm-hmm. talk about what you liked about it what you didn't like about it and and there are there are people that will say I just didn't care for this one you know I it just this didn't work for me and others go yeah this this was actually a pretty good song I did not know that was a Bruce song and I found it enjoyable mm-hmm. okay I have it's a question but it's gonna be worded in a wordy way but so. I go through phases like I, I don't like to tell people who my favorite artist is. I will. If you ask me right now who my favorite artist is, I'll I'll give you a name. But I don't like to say that because it switches so often. I go through phases where this band's putting out music I'm really, really into right now. So this is my favorite artist. This is my favorite artist. This is my favorite artist right now. Um, and it seems to me, if, if you ask me without even ever telling me that Bruce Springsteen's your favorite, your favorite artist, is that true first? And then second, how do you... At what point are you a big enough fan where you make an entire podcast dedicated to Bruce Springsteen? Because it seems like even my favorite, favorite bands, I could never I could never talk about them for that long, even though I love them that much. Great questions. Um, so a little bit to unpack. Um, my first musical obsession was Brian Wilson and the Beach Boys. Um, I graduated high school in 1977. I grew up on Top 40 radio. I was two years where, old. Where, um, I no, no, I was not even born yet. <laughs> right, yeah. So, uh, you know, listening to an, an AM radio in the 70s had a little bit of everything in there. Um, and my best friends all loved Kiss. So I had Kiss Alive. I had Kiss Destroyer, Kiss and Rock roll over and uh went through a phase where i really loved kiss in fact you when you got a cold you're so happy because you could sound like peter chris <laughs> beth i hear you calling that's called fries, um, fries, fries yes so <laughs> I, I in fact this past year uh a 17 year old jesse was very happy because kiss was playing in fort worth and I got tickets. It's the first time I've ever seen them. Um, I knew most of the songs, and um, whoever the guy was who's the drummer, you know, had the Peter Chris makeup on. And, uh, you know, we got, I did say that if you had a drinking game where if um, Paul Stanley, you took a drink every time he said Fort Worth, you would be dead from alcohol poisoning. <laughs> Are you here, Fort Worth? Are you ready to shove rock, Fort Worth? I can't wait. We're so glad you're here, Fort Worth. I can attest to That's... this. I, I watched him live in Minneapolis and same thing. So Yeah, I mean, it, it, I mean, it's not an exaggeration. I mean, it is. So are you ready for me to fly? You know? <laughs> so, um, anyway, we had a, a fun. And uh, I have a picture on my phone because um, we had really – bad seats like we're at the very top nosebleed Nosebleeds, section yep yep and which was okay you know and the guy in front of me 
never sat down. I <laughs> stared at his ass the whole time. And someone said, why didn't you ask him to sit down? And I said, one, why should I tell him to sit down? Because I'm too lazy to stand up. And two, I have the feeling this was his Springsteen. Yeah. He was standing there. He was mouthing every word. He was screaming. And I'm like, he was having so much fun. Uh, you know, I just did this. I just laid this way and looked. <laughs> um, anyway, um, I I ended up buying a Beach Boys 8-track. And their harmony was something like I'd never heard. You know, going from Kiss to the Beach Boys harmony, I just adored that. And that was my musical obsession. I found everything about the Beach Boys, Brian Wilson, all his music, his genius, all the things that they do. And then um, I was a casual fan of Bruce Springsteen. In 1980, uh, The River came out. Uh, Hungry Heart was a radio hit for his first radio hit. And um, then, like everyone else, I bought Born in the USA you know 1984 it's on the radio that seven or eight top 10 hits uh one of the best-selling albums of all time and then you know you get married i got married in 84 we had the kid in 89 uh you're you're broke can't afford to go to concerts you can't afford to do anything mm -hmm. and um but i've always had heard bruce was this legendary live performer and I really wanted it and 99 98 when they did the reunion tour because he had broken up with the East Street band in the late 80s um, just didn't work out for us even though we were living in Dallas it just didn't work out for us and uh, in 2001 after 9-11 there was a um, a company a nationwide kind of tribute and a fundraiser and it opened with bruce and members of the east street band doing my city of ruins and if you search 9-11 my city of ruins you'll hear it and bruce starts the show with a prayer for our fallen brothers and sisters and i was just amazed and then in february 2002 i went to my first show and there are two kinds of people in my life in my opinion people that go to a Bruce Springsteen show and go, damn, that was long. <laughs> and then the others that say, oh my goodness, what have I been missing? So I was the second and I had, um, I'd been podcasting. I, I'd been part of a castle podcast. I'd done a doctor who podcast. I'd been part of a Farscape podcast. And I reached out to the guy who owned our network at the time. And I said, I think I want to do a Bruce Springsteen podcast. And he says, okay, what's a Bruce Springsteen podcast? I said, well, I'm going to talk to fans of Bruce and his music. How are you going to find him? I'm going to use social media. Okay. And he loves to tell the story. He hung up. He looked at his wife, Martha, and said, Jesse wants to do a Bruce podcast. I think we'll get a season out of it. And to him, a season is 12 episodes. Uh, I'm now, like I said, over 900 episodes. And, I, and I'm still having a blast. I just – everyone's experience with Bruce and music is different. Um, it gets you, the, the same song may bring you joy. A different song may help you get through a broken heart, uh, through losing a loved one. Um, 
celebrating, getting you through unemployment, illness. And so that's what I do. And that's what I love to talk about. Well, that's was that, that, that a was good a good enough answer. answer? That was a great answer. I think what you said. <laughs> I think what you said at the end, though, while to you it's specific to Bruce Springsteen, I think that that goes for any type of music. So absolutely, and that's why. First off, I don't trust people when they say, "Well, I don't have a favorite musician." Now, you said my favorite musician changes all the time, but you didn't say. I don't have a favorite musician. Right. So we're all a difference between those ideas, right? Mm -hmm. uh, that's like saying, you know, do you have a favorite writer? Well, it just depends on which book I'm reading and what I'm in the mood for. Am I in a mm -hmm. science fiction mindset or am I a mystery mindset or am I wanting historical fiction or am I wanting horror? Um, and if you're Emily and your favorite artist isn't me, it's a mistake. <gasps> Um, so, it, change, it changes all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And so I um, so that's why you to have someone talk because there's similarities, right? There are, if I two episodes stand out and there's been some great ones, but two that stand up and my brother-in-law made a great joke about it. Um, there was a young man in New Zealand whose mother was hit by a car when she was pregnant with him. And um, after he was born, severely um, disabled and mentally just not able to speak, not comfortable. And, and she was so distraught and she was in the car and a Bruce Springsteen song came on and Adam started nodding his head. He could hear the music and he responded to it. First time in his life, he's like three or four, he'd never responded to anything before. She went back home, she pulled out any Bruce Springsteen she had and he was captivated by it. Um, when we recorded this, it was back in 2000, probably 14, 15. Um, Bruce was in New Zealand, and they were able to get Adam backstage to meet him. Adam now speaks. He learned to speak by listening to Bruce Springsteen records. Adam is able to read because Blu-rays would have the lyrics of Bruce's songs unclosed captioned, and that was his sight words. Hmm. He learned to write by Bruce Springsteen lyrics. So I asked his why his mom Jamie. I said, do you think Adam was happy when he was two or three? And she says, I want to think he was, but he probably wasn't. So I said, not only did Bruce give your son joy, he gave him his voice. She goes, absolutely. All right, go to someone else. I had a, a dad on, um, Juniper. Um, the girl who was born too soon. Uh, she was born premature. If whatever the correct gestation, like whatever weeks it is, I can never remember the exact weeks. Um, she was born a week before it's supposed to be the minimum you could have. And Ooh. she was in the incubator and um, there, um, the dad read Harry Potter novels to her 
and they played uh, Bruce Springsteen and Bob Seger. And when Bruce in 2016 was doing a book tour, he wrote an autobiography. Um, there was a column that said, this is what I would have told Bruce if I had time. And she tells that story that he, that their daughter's music that helped them get through it. And her daughter helped it. And they asked Juniper, um, were you sad you didn't get to talk to Bruce? Because, you know, in a book signing, he doesn't even sign. He just, you know, smiles. You take your picture and you walk off and then you get a book later with his signature on it. Um, and Juniper said, nah, he knows me. He wrote me all those songs. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that I love, and I, I, I know that you talked about this as a free-for-all, and I realize, no, there is a lot of things currently that J.K. Rollins is doing that a lot of people don't support. But mm, I when love she J.K. heard Rollins about this story, huh? yeah. <laughs> when she heard about that story, she sent a full set of Harry Potter books all signed to Juniper, the girl who lived. Well, that's lucky. Yeah. That's lucky, and Juniper. So, yeah. Uh, so... <laughs> So the kicker is I'm telling these stories and my brother-in-law says, well, are you, are you calling the Pope? I'm like, well, what am I calling the Pope about? He goes, well, it only takes three miracles to be a saint. He's risen someone from the dead. He's taken a mute and made them talk. We're one miracle away from Bruce having sainthood. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I want to say that, uh, that story about the car accident and, uh, and, you know, learned how to speak because of Bruce. Yeah. Replace the artist with like yeah. the genre I listen to and that kid be coming out talking bree bree oh my gosh <laughs> coming um, out doing doing growls and screams it'd be like that yes. Dane Cook joke I can talk something's wrong <laughs> you know oh the speaking spell I can spell yeah. so well but I sound like the devil has my soul <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome good yeah so that yeah that more than answered the question I had Emily do you have questions uh, do you have any grandkids? Oh, that was a very out of the because I was going to switch the top. Okay, you're good. Yep, you're good. No, I do not. <laughs> my and and my my wife is very, very anxious for grandkids. We <laughs> our son is 32. Okay, so uh, just one and one son. Yeah, just the one son, okay. and she is ready for grandkids. <laughs> she is it, like he's like, uh, mom, can I get a steady girlfriend first? <laughs> She's like, I don't care. Just, I want a grandson. I want a granddaughter. Here, I'll come up. I just think I came up with a concept on the spot here. Okay. Okay. What if, like, because you hear this a lot, like, parents want their kids to have kids so they can have grandkids, and then their kids, maybe they don't want kids or whatever, and, like, as a parent, you can't be like, that's wrong, because they can do whatever they want, but you still want grandkids, so I think we set up adoption agencies, but they're your grandkids, not your children. Yeah, I think that would be a good idea. Of course, so like, the you adopt them and pay for are them. wanting yeah. the ones that, like, I want to be able to spoil them and then, here, take them home. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. deal with their sugar highs. So we set up a yeah. program. Yeah, I'm curious. How do you we think set, this would work? <laughs> we set up a program where you adopt the child. Oh, this is just Big Brother. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> but it is a good point. Yes. Because uh, you set up a program where you yeah. take care of that child emotionally and monetarily but then they live somewhere else. So my question is, <laughs> Taylor, um, I, I have, 
you hear stories of parents who are not accepting of their kids' choices, which is always very sad, whether it's their lifestyle or their career. I'm just waiting to see if uh, your little one is like, you know, I love Barry Manilow. <laughs> Play me some more Frank Sinatra. <laughs> You're like, uh, okay. I could, I could direct, I could actually tell you how I would respond to that just by directing that to Emily. Because okay. I wouldn't have an issue with it. I'll have an issue with nothing that our child does unless it's like try to murder me. Okay. And even I then, mean, if she go, takes well, after me, probably, she might. I probably had coming. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I'm very, very. Uh, I'm accepting of music. Like. Yeah. Like I, I listened to the uh, Thunder Road because you wanted me to answer that question, and I didn't like that song at all. But I still respect your opinion of it. You obviously like yeah. it and like Bruce Springsteen, but. I I wouldn't catch. I don't think there's any. I don't think there's any way that listening to any amount of Bruce Springsteen is going to make me a fan of him. But I still respect okay. your decision to like him. So like, sure. it doesn't matter to me. I have to put up with Emily listening to country, which is my one genre that I'm like. It's who's not... your favorite? Who's your favorite country country artist, Emily? Um, probably Merle Haggard. Yeah, that's a good thing. When Merle Haggard died, I felt like I'd lost my father all over again. Oh. You know, just That's because hard. he loved Merle Haggard, mm-hmm. and uh, so hey, Merle Haggard is actually okay in terms of country. Um, he's he's one of many favorites, though. Like yeah. that's just the first one that kind of came to mind right now. But but my point my point is like, I don't even hate country. Mm-hmm. I I try yeah. to listen to country and like it, but I don't. I get about this close. But did yeah, you yeah. watch the Ken Burns country documentary? No. You asking me? Emily? No, no, I have not. <laughs> I was like, no, why would I? You really should. It, you find a way to see it on PBS, either through the app. Um, it it goes all the way back to the entry. And, you know, one of the things that Ken Burns does on his documentary is he has historians telling stories. Mm-hmm. And as they were doing country music, they found that the musicians were telling the same stories the historians did, but they would also mm-hmm. pick up their guitar and would start playing a little bit of the song they were talking about. Mm-hmm. And uh, he and and so it is absolutely amazing. Um, a lot of great stories, but one of my favorites is um, Willie Nelson was just struggling and he was always out of money and he actually gave away a couple of his songs for like you know 200 bucks 300 bucks he sold the rights that and later they became big hits and um he wrote the song hello walls and um and the guy listening and i'm gonna draw a blank on who uh recorded it farron young and uh, Farron says, I like that song. And everyone else was making fun of it. Like, oh, you know, hello, chair. Hello, doorknob. And um, mm-hmm. and Willie says, well, if you like it, um, you can have it for $500. And Farron Young said, nope, but I will lend you the $500. You let me record it. And so he recorded, became a hit. And <laughs> Willie got a check for 20 k <laughs> yep. and he came in to where Farron Young was at and kissed him dead on the mouth and, and said I love you so much uh, That's and Farron an Young says reaction. it's one of the most passionate kisses I've ever had <laughs> <laughs> that 
That is an awesome reaction. Yes. <laughs> so so I, I, I guess I got to my two topics. Did you? As we're hitting almost an hour. <laughs> See, we didn't even notice. Flows like yeah. that. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's good. Okay. So I have a, yeah, go ahead. a couple things to wrap it up. Sure. Since we're almost hitting an hour. Do you have anything for the people? Um, a message for the people. For the people. Um, yes, I do. Um, one of the things that I am unhappy with is I do not listen to new music anymore. Mm. Uh, Jason Isbell would probably be the newest artist I've listened to. Uh, I just don't go out and find new music. I, I listen to, um, obviously, Bruce. Uh, Brian Wilson put out an album this year of just him playing the piano. He's playing some of his most famous Beach Boy songs, just him on the piano. He doesn't even sing. There's no orchestra. It's just him on a piano, and it is just wonderful to hear. But I'm a typical, I'm, you know, I'm 62, 63, I guess, and I, I don't listen to new music. So one of the things I want to do in 2023, and I've, I've posted this on social media, is I want people to recommend an album to me that says, hey, Jesse, this is something new. It's been recorded, you know, since 2020, 2021, um, and listen to it and see if you like it. And what I'm going to do, once again, that will give me an episode out where I'm going to listen to, uh, you know, where, like the War Against Drugs. Someone said the new War Against Drugs album is amazing, Jesse. So I'm going to listen to it. Um, I've never heard a Taylor Swift album. So someone said the new Taylor Swift album, you should check it out. So what I'd like your <laughs> listeners to do, setlustingbruce at gmail.com. That's setlustingbruce at gmail.com. Send me an email saying, hey, Jesse, here's an album I think you might like, you might not like, but I love it. I want you to listen to it. I will listen to it, and then I will record an album giving my opinion on it. Give you an episode doing that. Okay. Um, well, that leads into perfectly how I was going to end the show. Okay. But uh, I'm going to give you my recommendation in person. I ain't going to send it to you. Okay. And you have, okay. to, you have to come back to the spot in the episode to, okay. to hear it, unless you write it down. But I'm going to write it down it's right now. My album of the year, 2022, my personal favorite. Yeah. It's uh, it's the Chosen. That's the name of the album. By okay. um, by um, my brain doesn't work. I don't know. Enterprise Earth. <laughs> okay. It's called the Chosen, and I think that it is the pinnacle of if you do not listen to death metal, deathcore, any of that stuff. If you have never, I think it's a great spot to to jump in. It's a little intense. But there is so much harmony. He started, the vocalist started using his, he does clean singing too, but that genre is not known for clean singing, as Emily knows. Mm -hmm. um, so he started using uh, a technique called pitch screaming, which is okay. when you, when you, it's something that Architects does. That's why they're so popular, is when you scream, but you are holding a note, like a clean note layered. So you're screaming and singing at the exact same time. Mm. And okay. he, he is maybe the one of the best I've ever heard do it. It oh, is on my list. Yes, and then uh, the final part of this episode that I was going to do was play a snippet of metal for you. Okay. Merry Christmas, everybody.
I gotta stop it before we get copyrighted. This is, this is best course. So yes, that's all I want for Christmas by Bro Job. <laughs> that's a that's a very metal song. I only would have known. I only knew that because of the because you're sharing your screen. I can see that uh, the illustration. Yes. Could could you yes. hear it? Could you hear it well? Yeah, I could hear it fine. Okay. Yeah. And what did you think of that? Well, you know, it's different. Hold on. Uh -huh. Let, let, let yeah. me click. Let me click to the middle. Because okay. I feel like they actually do a very good job of making it understandable as far okay. as... Because everybody knows this song, right? Well, yeah. yeah. All yeah. I Want for Christmas? Everybody knows this song. Sure. Sure, sure. So we, are, we already know the lyrics. Just are they understandable? You can even hear the rhythm in the guitar, right? I like the fact that he goes all I, okay, we're gonna go back to this. Stop sharing the screen. He goes All I want for Christmas is uh, it it does sound like one of the uh demons in a supernatural episode. So, is that what they sound like? I, I never watched it. I, I haven't heard it described like that, but that's uh You've never that, said that to me before, ever. No. No. <laughs> No, no, I haven't. I haven't described it as demons. Mm -hmm. I've said I maybe said demonic or yes. Um, it hurts my yeah. ears. Or can we please change the channel? So, <laughs> could we understand that better than most metal because we know the song so well? I think yeah, because if you know what they're gonna say, then it, you can pick out. And because I've been exposed to more metal than mm -hmm. like any other time in my life, just being with <laughs> being with Taylor, I listen to a lot of metal, not by choice. Yes, uh, so, I, so, I understand. <laughs> so I've started so. to started to understand and be able to pick out mm -hmm. like at least when it's kind of clean, but when it's yes. when it's just the straight guttural, I mm -hmm. well those I don't are, know. those aren't intended to be understood. By the way, that's deliberate. In case so, but there are lyrics there, so why why have not lyrics? always? If if it's, <laughs> I don't write in. I write my own lyrics. I don't uh -huh. write in lyrics sometimes for gutturals. Literally in my lyrics for the band to write music to, it, it'll yeah. be a section that says guttural. So so you might be saying something, but it's not intended to be understood. No, I'll say nothing sometimes. Uh, well. I don't you say it best when you say nothing at all, right? The, the <laughs> song that yep. wrote. Yeah. A um, couple of things that makes me think of. One, my lovely bride, Linda, will, I will go, hey, do you want to hear a story? And they go, is it about Bruce Springsteen? <laughs> uh, never mind. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> the other uh, is... Um, we were going to go to, she was going to go to her second Bruce show. And her complaint was, I don't understand what he's saying. He just grunts. He just doesn't have, he doesn't. Like he doesn't enunciate. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and I said, well, then why don't you pretend it's an instrumental Mm -hmm. And that his voice is 
just another instrument. Same way like when you listen to Peter and the Wolf when you're in elementary school, you know, that all the different classical instruments were different characters. And once she did that, she was able to, I'm enjoying the emotion of the song. I don't necessarily, and then she would get lyrics and read along with it as she goes. So, um, so that's what I will do with some of the stuff you give me is I will listen emotionally to see if it speaks to me. Yeah. And I will say right now that bro job, they are an extremely heavy deathcore band. Like that is the idea. So like the album that I just told you to listen to it, it can get that brutal, but they, they are a lot more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Melodic. melodic. They're a lot more melodic. I would not, I probably won't send you like the hardest of the deathcore bands. It's a terrible point to start at. Right. You could, you could get there if you listen to some lighter bands and you kind of get a feel for the genre and you work your way up, but right. Absolutely. That makes sense. Good. But yes, cool. so I figured I would share that little Christmas joy with everybody. Uh, I appreciate they that. released an album with three deathcore Christmas songs, which is something I've been yeah. trying to do my whole life is make Christmas songs that are metal. So, so today <laughs> I released a repeat. I originally did this in 2020. Um, the company I work for, we do a lot of different holiday events and contests. And so I spent all day one weekend taking 15 to 20 seconds of a christmas song and cutting it off and then uh did triplets like easy medium hard and so they would play them and you would have to guess the title of the song to get a point right Mm -hmm. if you could get and uh I had all these, and so I released it as an episode, and I put a little opening, hey, just for fun, you can listen to these and see do you know that what the songs are if you're not. And so I'll throw that out there for your audience if they want to hear that. It's, it's, it's fun. It's about 27, 30 Christmas songs, only like 10 or 15 seconds of each one, uh, and you can try to guess if you know them. And, you know, some of them you will know right away, and others you'll go... I have no idea what that is. <laughs> well, and when you were when you were taking the little snippets, you didn't take like the the main chorus like that says the title right, in it. Exactly. Okay. Right. Exactly. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I was gonna say like yeah. those would be really easy <laughs> to yes, pick up. Exactly. Right. Yeah. We should take snippets yeah. from my Christmas playlist. Um, I have a whole I have a whole alternative that. punk and metal playlist for Christmas. Like, yeah. Very nice. But Good. Anyway, with that, I would think. Uh, We'd like to wrap it up, Emily. You have anything to say to the people, to to Jesse? Um, I, honestly, I can't. Like my brain's not functioning. I'm a new parent. All I'm thinking about is the next feeding right now. I understand <laughs> that. Try to get some rest, mm-hmm. uh, if you will. Uh, I'm gonna do some um, blatant promotion. Uh, yep. Not only doing set listing, Bruce. Uh, where um, I try to do a new episode every other week, uh, every twice a week of different interviews with people. I've got a brand new podcast called uh, Perfectly Good Podcast, which is me and Sylvan Groth are going through every John Hyatt song in alphabetical order. John Hyatt is one of my other musical Mm. obsessions. Uh, I currently do um, a Last Best Hope for Conversation, which is a Babylon 5 podcast where we are discussing 
um, every Babylon 5 in episode in order with my two co-hosts have never seen Babylon 5. I have seen all of Babylon 5, and so we're going through each episode discussing it. We also do, like we did in episodes where we discuss Midnight Mass, the uh, Netflix miniseries. Uh, yeah, uh, we did um, Devs. We did it where we discussed Devs, so we do that. Um, and then Next Stop Everywhere is the Doctor Who podcast that I do that comes out every other week where we talk classic Doctor Who, and when there's new Doctor Who, we discuss those episodes. So I am at Jesse Jackson DFW on Twitter for now. Uh, the show is at Set Lessing Bruce on Twitter. And yes, send me your suggestions on what I should listen to next at setlessingbruce at gmail.com. End of plugs. Awesome. And that's a good way to send it out. Sapphire crying. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And we will Bye. see you next Tuesday, as I like to say. See you next Tuesday. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode. If you would like to be on an episode, you can email youarethehostpod at gmail.com. Also, if you'd like to stay updated, make sure you hit subscribe. Thanks again for listening to this episode. Again, my name is Jake. We'll see you next time. Bye.